And I mean, at the end of the day, we're all users, right? We see an ad that is irrelevant, we just move on. So if an ad is actually relevant at the right timing, at the right format, at the right placement and channel, it can be really, really effective. Well, I think that pretty much says it all, Adam. Our guest, uh, Oz Etziani from, from Clinch. I mean, that's it. If you give somebody an ad that they want, it doesn't really feel like an ad anymore. You're, you're exactly right. And that's the purposeful edutainment that I think we've all tried to do. What, what advertising really is about, Jay, hasn't changed in a hundred and something years. I mean, as I said there, re- re- reaching the right person at the right time with the right message, that hasn't changed. How we go about doing that and this fact that we can now target people and make the ad much more likely to elicit a response is, is phenomenal. Yeah, if you thought you understood how uh, hyper-targeting worked in uh, digital advertising, wait till you listen to this episode because you're going to discover some stuff that's going on that you might not know about. Uh, this, this, is some, this is some cutting-edge craziness this week on Social Pros um, from Oz's company, Clinch. Really glad to have them on the show. They're doing some amazing stuff with, with IBM's Watson data and, and real-time pollen counts, and it's, it's pretty great. This is going to be a wild, a wild ride. Uh, make sure you tune in for the whole episode because it's good all the way through. Before we jump into it, and I want to get into it quick because there's a lot of good stuff today, uh, I want to just take a second to acknowledge our sponsors first, always Salesforce Marketing Cloud. Love those guys so much. Uh, don't forget to download their state of marketing report. We actually talked about it uh, in the show today. All kinds of data in there. Salesforce interviewed more than 4,000 marketers from all around the world to kind of find out what's on their mind. What, what do they care about? And one of the things they care about, we talk about on this show today. Make sure you download it. You, you have to have this report in your arsenal if you want to know what's going on. You can get it for nothing. They don't even charge anything for it. Go to bit.ly slash J says, bit.ly slash J-A-Y-S-A-Y-S. Get yourself a copy of the State of Marketing Report. Also this week, the show is brought to you by our pals at M. I was just in Nashville last week doing a presentation. M is based down there in the great city of, uh, of Nashville, Tennessee, which is besotten with cranes. And ho- every time I go down there, there's like three new hotels. It's out of control, man. Fastest growing city in the country, I believe. Yeah, I, I believe it. It is, uh, it is nuts. Uh, but you know what? The thing about Nashville, it's a really fun town. And, and people there, they're not jaded yet about the growth of the community. They're still really friendly. And that's one of the things that Emma really prides themselves on. They've got an incredible support team. So when you're trying to take your email marketing from good to fantastic, sometimes you need a helping hand. And Emma delivers that in spades. We actually talked about email in this episode as well. So look, if, if you want to kind of get better at email and you don't want to go it alone, and you want somebody who's actually going to answer the phone, Emma's a great choice. You're going to love what they bring to the table. For more information on how they work, do a little quick demo. Go to myemma.com, M-Y-E-M-M-A, myemma.com slash J is awesome. J-A-Y-I-S, awesome. Now, as I say every time we that we have them as a sponsor, I did not name the URL. I feel like it's a little bit embarrassing. I did not self-proclaim my awesomeness in URL form. That was uh, their doing, but I do appreciate the shout out. MyEmma.com slash J is awesome. All right, buckle it up, kids. Uh, bring your calculator to the table. Here we go with Oz Etziani this week on Social Pros. This week on Social Pros, it is Oz Etziani, CEO of an amazing company called Clinch that helps brands and agencies personalize content in real time, not fast, in real time, boosting relevance and performance uh, for clients because uh, people like content that is uh, personalized to them. Obviously, Adam, I like things that are personalized to me. I, I especially like it as well. 
In fact, I have my hat on today. This is my Drexel hat. Uh, my son just graduated from uh, from high school, going to uh, to Drexel in the fall. So I'm celebrating the fact that I no longer have any children. Uh, well, I do it at home for a couple more months, but at least they're both on the way to uh, what is hopefully greener pastures. So yeah, congratulations to them. Congratulations to you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Oz, tell us a little bit more about the company, about Clinch, how you got started and, uh, and, and why this is such an exciting space. Sure. So first, uh, thanks for having me on the show. Uh, great honor. Um, Clinch is uh, an AI powered, personalized, creative company. Uh, focused really on personalizing advertising across all the different channels. We're one of the only omni-channel uh, platform out there that really can personalize the ads and the content per user in display, video, across programmatic, social, OTT, in-app, uh, name it. Wherever the user is, we can actually personalize the ad and make it relevant for them. Um, eventually, it drives more performance, whether it's sales, whether it's subscription, whether it's whatever performance goals the brand has. In, and we do it in, in several ways, right? Throughout the funnel. So it could be top of the funnel, more branding awareness, uh, mid-funnel intention, uh, and of course, bottom of the funnel conversions. Uh, performance could be online, more sales, could be in stores and offline to actually drive sales. Uh, physically in the stores. Why don't we start with an example of how it works? I think it'll help listeners uh, un understand sort of in, in, in the real world, uh, the kind of things that, that you're working on. So why don't you tell us a story? I know that, that you've done some stuff with uh, BJ's uh, restaurants uh, and brew house. Actually, I love that brand. There's one right by my house here. I go all the time. Uh, and one of my old friends, I once included one of my books is, is one of their menu consultants and helps with all their, all their barbecue dishes, which is really cool. So uh, tell us, tell us a little bit about how, about how that one works. Sure. The one with BJ was uh, actually an amazing, an amazing campaign uh, together with our agency. And what we did there is, is really the whole idea is they wanted to drive more um, traffic to the store and, and obviously increase sales um, in, let's call it severe weather, right? So the weather that you don't really want to go out of the house and go to the uh, restaurant, maybe it's raining, maybe it's too windy um, or snowing, and we wanted to drive people to actually order in, okay, uh, and give them an incentive and do that based on what is the current weather in their current location. So we have a partnership with IBM Watson. We can trigger the ads and actually change the content of the ad based on current weather and forecast. And what we did with BJ is that we took this omni-channel approach of social, YouTube, programmatic, both displaying video, and really attracted user based on the weather in their current location with incentives um, to drive online, order in based on coupons and eventually increase sales. Uh, the engagement was about, you know, 30% increase of the engagement. It was the best YouTube um, campaign that the brand um, have done thus far. And, you know, and we had about hundreds of different variations that ran across and, you know, each user eventually saw the most relevant ad for their location with the current weather with a specific code for them. 
Yeah, because I just uh, wanted to note that that some listeners will know this, but maybe not everybody, that IBM actually owns uh, Weather Channel and, and, yeah. and all the accompanying data. So uh, they can they can use uh, real-time weather forecasting uh, as, uh, as a data set to, uh, to target ads. Adam. And I think, Jay, that's one of the parts of this that, that fascinates me. I think I remember a couple of years ago when we heard that IBM bought the Weather Channel. Um, uh, we were all kind of smiling, all of us were kind of in this space going, we know where it is. I know what's coming. I know what's coming. Yeah, they just needed weather. Oz. They just needed Oz to make it happen. Exactly. And I, I got to tell you guys that, you know, uh, most of the data right now is actually, uh, up until now, was used for media targeting and audience segmentation, right? And the whole idea is great. You can actually get so granular by identifying the user that you want to show an ad to. But then what's the whole point in spending the money and digesting the data if you eventually show the same creative to all of them, right? Nothing's yeah. going to change. Maybe yeah. you'll get a little bit of lift, but that lift will hit the wall and that's it. Once you take that data and you actually digest it and understand what should I show each user, what state they're in, what's their behaviors like, where are they, what's the weather, what's their intent and behavior, you can start learning more about your audiences, give them more relevant content. And I mean, at the end of the day, we're all users, right? We see an ad that is irrelevant, we just move on. So if an ad is actually relevant at the right timing, at the right format, at the right placement and channel, it can be really, really effective. And Oz, that's the secret of it, reaching the right person with the right message in the right in the right channel and uh, check 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 and what uh, and what clinch is able to do i know a lot of your ai is, is kind of revolves around whether you gave the uh, the bj's restaurants example i know we'll talk a little bit here in a minute about walgreens and some amazing things you did around allergy medicines uh, during certain times of the year and certain parts of the country i'm curious though and and it's the omni channel part of it that that fascinates the heck out of me how this all works now i don't want you to get crazy into the weeds, but walk us through kind of how this flow works, how your data kind of works with the customer data, with the insights that maybe the agency is working on. What does this process look like for one of your clients? Um, sure. And I totally agree. The whole idea of omni-channel and data-driven creative, that's the secret sauce. Okay. Um, and actually for the clients and the agencies we work with, the process is really simple. It's much simpler than what would they think. You know, at the beginning they hear personalization, optimization, let's do omni-channel. It's, it scares them a little bit. Okay, what do I have to do in order to execute that? But we do most of the heavy lifting and we build our platform in an automated way that the engines do most of the work uh, and analyze it for you and optimize it for you. And the way it works is uh, the brand might have assets, might have a, a TV ad or just video ads um, that they run on social or programmatic. They have some imagery and they have a lot of different audiences or messages that they want to, you know, they want to convey to that, to those audiences. Uh, and sometimes they have a, you know, different offers or different products. We take all that data and we'll start building all the use cases possible. Then we connect all the user behavior that we analyze uh, in addition to whatever the brand can give us, whether you know they're working with a DNP, they have the first party data, we can onboard all the data. We digest all that and in real time, when whatever media company or the in-house um, media team of the brand identifies a user and, and buys an impression for that user, 
they call us, whether to a tag or to, you know, in social, um, in the campaign, to Facebook and Instagram, we make the decision in real time based on all the data we have about that user, what is the right ad to show, okay? What type of, and every element in our ad is completely dynamic. So what's the message? What's the product? What's the offer? What type of animation, colors, call to action, and how we build it sequentially. If they watched one ad and engage with that, what should we show them next? It's a little bit different, and I think that's one of the biggest issue in omnichannel for most of the brands, because think about it. They have to work right now with multiple providers, right? One for display, one for social, one for YouTube, one for OTT, et cetera. Unification of the data, unification of the creative, managing it. Um, those providers probably don't talk to each other. They're competition in this way or the other. That's a big headache for the brand and the agency. What we do is we actually give them a full turnkey solution. Unify the data, use the same data across all the different channels. We'll take care of whatever format. Um, you can provide us whatever creative you have and we can turn it into dynamic. And if you don't have, that works. We'll help you generate creative from scratch um, and let you choose what you want to A-B test and what you want to show to your users. So, yeah, go ahead. At this point, Oz, I'm, I'm sure that you've got uh, a lot of examples built up in, in, in circumstances where you've determined when you're, when you're doing all these different creative permutations, right? All these different colors and CTAs and formats. What, what out there drives lift, drives results that maybe our listeners wouldn't be thinking about, right? Is it, is it color? Is it, is it wording on the CTA? What, what do you see as like, you know what? That kind of really matters more than anything else. Yes, so embedding location in ads, uh, we see a huge lift. Um, and I'll give you an example. Uh, like, hey, Austin, you know. Hey, Austin, yeah, and even, even get more specific, like we ran a campaign with one of the biggest uh, theater companies, right, like for, for movies. Uh, everybody knows where the nearest movie theater next to their home is, right? But when we show you the trailer of the movie and we put a branded map that shows you, hey, this movie right, you know, shows right now in this theater, um, click here to get tickets, it drove so much more engagement and sales than in just showing you the trailer. And you know where the theater is. You know to go there and you can check if the movie is on. But it's, you know, it's making you realize that, hey, it's right there. I can actually click a button and go and get tickets for that specific movie I'm looking for. Uh, so location is a big part. Uh, weather's always like a cool feature uh, that drives performance. Um, we see that messaging and call to action are very crucial. Um, and I would say one of the things that our engine does really the best is understand what products, especially in the e-commerce, travel, retail section, making a selection of what products to show you um, and analyzing whether you engage or not and what to show you next. The most irritating thing, especially in retargeting, is that you look for something, you bought it, and for the next two months, you see the same item again in all the ads. We analyze all the different pieces of your behavior and interest and decide what's the right product to show you, how to upsell you, what's really relevant to you, and based on your engagement, what to show you next. 
As you mentioned, one of the things that that uh, Clinch does really well is this omni-channel approach, right? So it's not just doing this kind of uh, hyper-relevant creative as display or hyper-relevant creative uh, on Facebook or hyper-relevant retargeting, uh, that, that you can deploy the same kind of knowledgeable assets wherever they need to be deployed. That being said, are you seeing uh, big shifts in in effectiveness in platforms? We've been talking about this show on the show recently. Uh, you know, Facebook's admitted de-emphasis of newsfeed and and sort of swing back towards messaging and and more emphasis on on WhatsApp, et cetera. Are you are you starting to see permutations of that uh, in how ads are placed and and um, and engaged with by consumers or not yet? Yeah, definitely, definitely. And I think, uh, you know, look at Facebook and Instagram, what's going on in that ecosystem is really interesting because um, we're talking about unification of data across the channels. They're actually working on unifying this whole ecosystem. So yeah, they're going to do it for you. That'd be nice. Exactly. And uh, yeah, for sure. Now, you know, the only thing is let me pull the data out outside of Facebook and, and we're all good. Not so much on that <laughs> one, probably. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but but you can see, you know, if before we needed, and all the brands and the agencies needed to actually do a format for Facebook, a format for Instagram, then maybe something for Messenger. Slowly, it's the same data, data set. It's the same format. And you can actually select and choose how to run it across the different platforms. I think it's going to be a huge driver of performance, especially with the emphasis of Facebook on e-commerce and retail and pushing products and you know, check out inside and, and conversion inside the platform. Don't get out. We'll do everything for you. Um, it will hopefully soon be embedded in stories so you can go directly to the product. Don't have to swipe up and get to some weird landing page and start the journey from the beginning. So, so yes, definitely a huge driver. And brands admit uh, Facebook and Instagram are, you know, the conversions and most of the traffic and engagement is happening there. Oz Etzioni, CEO of Clinch. It's so great to uh, to have you on the uh, on the show. I've got more of a, a kind of a personal question for you. I think sure. the three of us, and certainly most of our listeners, recognize the value of personalization. And I also would think that many of us say, "Hey, listen, I would much rather see a personalized, targeted message that's of relevance to me." than an ad unit that has absolutely positively nothing to do with, with who I am or, or my interests. That being said, do you find it kind of curious that our industry has kind of gotten a bad rap about this level of, of personalization and the quote unquote invasiveness of it? And, and what do you tell people who, who kind of question kind of what we're trying to, to do in this space? Do you answer much, much like I did? Hey, it's the, the value of this is, is much better and you're going to have you know, more likely interest in the content if you have to see it. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I think it's a, it's a phase of education uh, to the audiences because uh, to all the consumers as well. I mean, uh, a lot of a lot of people still don't understand how retargeting works with the cookies and everything. And, and, I, and I admit, you know, nobody wants um, to reveal their personal information to entities that they don't agree to reveal it to, right? But there's a there's a huge difference between personalized advertising that is, by the way, mostly anonymously done. We don't know anything about that specific uh, person. We know behavior. We know a lot of things as a persona, as part of an audience, but we don't know who you are. And to be honest, we don't really care. Um, we don't need that data. And 
So personalized advertising is on one side to make it more relevant to you. The more information and personal information you want to provide us, the better ads and the more targeted it'll be. But it's your decision to make. The other part of privacy, I think, that people are more concerned is stuff that is being pulled from the platforms, um, being digested and matched and analyzed for other reasons and not necessarily what we're doing. Okay, and being shared with other, you know, platforms um, without the consent of the user. Great answer. And I, and I think that's, that's how I approach it. And I think most of most of our listeners kind of approach it as well. Question for you kind of around Instagram. We've we've we talk about Instagram, Jay, I would say more and more every every single show. Uh, you know, we yeah, had seems a, like it, right? Yeah, <laughs> some statistics, you know, showing there it's the only growing, uh, growing social media channel uh, yeah. right now from uh, from some great research we had on a couple of weeks ago. Love to hear you talk a little bit about kind of that intersection of e-commerce and Instagram and what you're seeing your clients doing. And are you seeing anything uh, that's over-indexing in success that your clients are doing around e-commerce and Instagram? Yeah, I think we're uh, at the beginning of a new era with uh, Instagram. I think uh, Facebook knows it, the brands uh, realize it, and we're pushing very strongly towards, um, especially our e-commerce and retail, towards Instagram. I think it's, it's a great platform, and I think there's a gap still between what the platform provides the advertisers and the marketers to do and what the consumer wanted to do or you know how it will be done real real soon because i'll give an example right now you can actually purchase directly from a static image on instagram but facebook is pushing the stories as, as you know the pioneering format and that's where it's going the vertical experience mostly focused on video but at the moment there's nothing you can do in stories except for swipe up right uh and the natural behavior of a user, and we know it because we're running across all the different channels, is you see a product, you want to click on it, you want to touch it and go to that product. What happens is you go to a different store. You have to swipe up. And then, again, if you see multiple products, you don't necessarily go to the product. You have to start your journey from the beginning of the landing page, the home page of that brand. So they see a lot of bounce off from, from the side. So there's frustration from the side of the consumers um, there are not too many tools um, and engagement capabilities on the brand side, uh, and Facebook is trying to develop and move forward as fast as possible. So the way I see it in the next few months, there'll be a lot more engagement tools, inside stories, um, and the ability to actually click and go to the product, a lot more e-commerce embedded in all those units, a lot more messenger ads that are more personalized, that can be really relevant and personalized to you specifically in your, in your feed. Uh, but a huge emphasis on the ability to show you products and allow you to click and go and buy it without going out of Instagram. Especially, by the way, video. A video, sorry. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. No, said, especially in video, because like I said, it, with images, it's easy, right? It's, oh, well, it's easier, but, sure. but doing that at scale, video, um, 
at, at the scale that all those brands have and with the number of, of uh, products and, and prices, um, that's huge. And I, I can give you an example. Please. Um, what we've done with Despegar, which is one of the biggest OTAs, online travel agencies, kind of like Expedia, right, for mm-hmm. Latin America. Uh, you know, 400 million unique users, all the countries in Latin America, different languages, different currencies, et cetera, et cetera. And what we built with them was the first ever, we think, uh, Instagram story, personalized Instagram story campaign. Um, and allow them to actually drive the user down the funnel from one story that inspired people to travel. And then once we knew the destination they're looking for, or they bought a ticket for, we actually showed them a very personally relevant Instagram story about that destination. And we show them all the activities they can do in the best hotels and the best car rental offers that they have in that destination. We didn't have the ability to click and go to that. So they had to swipe up and then go to whatever they want to uh, purchase. But still, just by showing that relevant content inside the ad, we saw a 30-time return on ad spend um, and about twice the engagement that they had with just original Instagram stories that I ran before. When a brand wants to get started with this kind of campaign, like that example, what, what do they have to have figured out on their side before clinch gets involved and you can actually make this campaign work right like like they they've got to have access to the data somehow they need to know kind of what their personas are what their segments are and kind of what they're trying to do uh and i presume they have to have some level of creative assets you're probably not making all of it from scratch or the agency's making some of it so can you talk a little bit how that gets bolted together yeah they basically need four things four major things right so it's uh enough budget to run personalization, so the variations and A-B testing and, and to optimize. So you need a little bit of time and enough impressions, right? That's the one thing. The second thing is they gotta know their audiences, who they wanna target. Uh, sometimes, by the way, they don't, and they ask us through creative to understand what resonates with what audience, and slowly we help them segment the audiences. But most of the time, they know their audiences. Uh, they gotta have some creative assets. Um, I mean, Either they bring something or we help them create from scratch. Uh, and I'll talk a, l- a little bit about the, the process in a second. And the fourth thing is that they need to understand what they're trying to achieve, the KPIs. So we can actually measure that because everything is digitally and can be measured. We don't want to measure the success six months ahead and then know, you know, to know what to do next year. We want to actually optimize throughout the campaign in real time. And the flow real quick is, you know, we usually give them a brief that highlights what we need to know. Um, like I said, the, right now, you know, the budget, the creative assets, uh, formats, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, they provide the creative assets. They provide the KPIs. We internally uh, help them strategize or build some of the creative options for them. Um, with clients like e-commerce and travel that have big feed, in, you know, a lot of inventory and dynamic content, prices are changing, et cetera. Uh, we integrate their feeds into our platform. And once they approve the creative, we either connect to their uh, Facebook account and Instagram account. On the programmatic world, we provide them tags and we start running, okay? Uh, the, the process is pretty simple. The beauty is that there's no technical integration. Okay, which usually delays everything. 
Um, we need access to our tag and they run us on any media setup that they have. They don't have to change anything. Oz, are you typically brought in by the uh, the customer or the client themselves or their agency? Obviously, there's a there's a little bit of a frenemy relationship, I would assume, with the uh, with the advertising agency or media buying agency. Uh, <laughs> yeah, m- most of our clients are brand direct. Um, we have relationship with the agencies, and and some of the brands have agencies of record that they bring to the table once the brand realizes that they want to work with us, and, and it's fine. It's true that the agency, the first reaction is always, uh, why did, you know, those guys are our enemy. We don't want to work with those guys. But then when they realize what we do, uh, they see that we're an enhancement. Everything that they used to do manually. Everything yeah, that makes their work better. Like, why exactly. would it's a win-win. Exactly. you don't want to be an agency, I presume. Like, why, why would you want to get into that business? Hell no. So, yeah, yeah so it's, they understand that we, we let them focus on what they do best. And we take a lot of lift from from their table. So, you know, all the manual labor, all the optimization, uh, AB testing at scale, production of videos, et cetera, et cetera. We help them do that. What I don't understand is if you have the budget, okay, you're a big enough brand as many of our listeners are to run a kind of program like this. And, and you have, you know, a, a modicum of strategic thinking. Uh-huh. Why would you not do this? Like I, I'm trying to figure out like, why would you, if you had the if you had the ability to hyper target your creative and where it appears so that it is as relevant as possible, why would you not do that? Is it is it is it disproportionately more expensive? Assuming I mean I think we have seen case studies where the where the results pencil out, but I, I presume it is more expensive on the on the beginning to do this than to do it the old way. Uh, and so you're kind of betting to come there a little bit, but, but I'm just trying to figure out what the objections would be. Um, the biggest objection is, uh, old habits. You know, it's, uh, if, if, if it's not broken, why fix it? But we're trying to reach the people in the organization that understand that what they have now is for a very limited amount of time going forward. Uh, it's not going to stay this way. They have to evolve. They have to innovate. They have to, to you know, maintain the relationship with their consumers, or else they're they're going to lose that relationship, um, and it's not going to last. What they see now, spending X amount of money, is not going to last too long. Um, I think everybody was talking about 2019, the year of DCO, the year of personalization, and I think it's it, there's a lot of truth in it. We see a lot of brands realizing, okay, enough with what we've done so far. A lot of brands are taking in-house, the, the strategy, the planning, the media buy. And there's a realization in the market that things have to change. Um, the price, I don't think, the, you know, if you, if you compare the, the cost to the outcome, it's, it's minimal. And, and I'm not talking just about how, how, how much more sales and conversions you get. It's also how your brand it's a matter of brand equity, right? How the brand is conveyed to the consumer, how innovative you are, uh, 
What, what's the oh, type well, of- and how useful you are, right? If, you, if you're going to deliver something that, that like uh, the thing you did with Walgreens, right? There was like a pollen-based program, right? So if, right, it's, exactly. you know, if, if it's like crazy hay feeders, Adam famously every year on the show is always has some oh, sort of allergy attack uh, for two or three <laughs> episodes a year. Uh, and, and in those circumstances, in, in the great city of Austin, Texas, he might see an ad from his local uh, Walgreens that says, uh, Adam, get yourself uh, down here and get some relief. Now, is that right. an ad? Of course it's an ad but is that an ad that has a level of of i I would say utility since i wrote a book called that to it uh and and therefore the ad is actually interpreted as something useful not something bothersome i mean isn't that what we're here for like if we can't deliver on that then why why are we doing any of this right right i mean yeah it has to have some sort of uh you know consumer utility right yeah i mean the brand serves something for you that is first of all it's cool you know, you can sometimes even get a smile on your face. It's like, oh yeah, it's like they actually know the pollen level and the call is coming from inside the house. Yeah, and they give me exactly what I need right now, and it's awesome. And they, they deliver something really relevant and beneficial for me. So automatically, that brand is being conveyed as you know innovative, relevant, and and I, as a consumer, you say I, I love it. You know. Oz, I want to go back to something that you said around old habits dying hard for uh, for marketing and, and, and PR folks. And, and I think we, we all can raise our hand and admit that. I'm curious where in an organization are they saying, you know what, we, we need, we need clinch, you know, at, at Salesforce, we recently did a, a research study that, that uh, we actually spoke about at the, uh, at the open of this uh, program. And one of the key, key takeaways was, I think the number was 70 or 80% of marketing and communications executives say they're going to double down on uh, AI and, 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 and in the next 18 months. And certainly this is a huge part of it. I'm curious, Oz, is it the media buying team? Is it kind of the chief digital officer? Or is it the CMO, his or herself, who's saying, listen, we, we need clinch. We need to uh, bring this in. Or is it more the people at the individual non-omni-channel levels, the social media manager, the display manager, the advertising manager, et cetera? Um, first, I would say it, it really depends on the brands and the agencies. Some brands understand it throughout the organization. You can see them, they're, they're excited. They want to test. They want to understand their audiences better. They want to communicate better. And that's easy. And I would say the BTC sector is really all into A-B testing and, and personalization, right? Um, within a, the bigger agencies, holding companies and the big brands that are more, let's say, have the history of running the old-fashioned advertising, I would say... It's the creative teams and VP marketing, CMOs, more than the media teams. Um, The media teams care less usually, right? Usually, some of them are, they truly understand it, but most of the time the media teams care less about what type of creative is running through the pipes and are more concerned on the optimization of the media and the targeting the creative teams are more aware and want to innovate and want the capabilities to produce faster, more scalable, more relevant advertising with more you know, ability to communicate. Uh, and obviously, VP marketing, CMOs, and C- CROs are looking at the bottom line and saying, okay, I spend X amount of money. 
I want to increase the performance and the sales and everything with this money by using more channels and using it more wisely. Yeah, that, that is shocking. I think it's different than what both Adam and I would have expected. Uh, I get it though, because if you're, if you're on the creative side, you probably know that this is a good idea but you sure as hell don't want to go make 10,000 videos. Uh, like, the, like that, no, no one wants that job. Uh, it's like, well, let's call us. Yeah. Let's have them and would you, would you offer, you know, would you offer that in a meeting? It's like, Hey guys, you know, it's like, let's make a thousand ads and decide what works better and optimize on that. And we don't have any automation. We'll do it manually. Yes. Right. Nobody will do that in a, in an agency meeting. I did it once. Uh, won a big, <laughs> I won a big award for it a uh, long time ago. Emails that we did a multivariate email testing program and hand coded like 256 different emails. Uh, and that was a bad idea. I can tell you yeah. that right now. Well, I, still, I still have a trophy around here somewhere, but uh, it, was, <laughs> it was a hard earned trophy. I'll yeah. tell you that. Harkens back memories of a subservient chicken. Oh God, that was all timer. Yeah. Everything was manual. Can you imagine doing that now? And it's funny. It's funny that you mentioned email because sometimes that's how, when you ask us, how do we educate the brands or the agencies? Usually that's where we go. We say, everybody looks at email and understand that it has to be personalized, right? It's it's a given now that you get an email and it says, Hey, first name, obviously dynamically inserted in and emails are hundred percent personalized. But when you go to advertising, that's a whole different ballgame. Yeah. Well, why is that? Yeah. Both are ways of marketing. Why is it so obvious in emails, but not so obvious in, you know, Well, I mean, partially because it's a stationary target, you know, the, the email box is in one place where you're, you're, you're going all over the web, right? You're going to, you're, you know, you're going to a website, you're going to Instagram, you're going to a, uh, an OTT, you know, you got to find and follow everybody makes it geometrically more complicated, but you're right. The fundamental application of data is the same across the board. Yeah. Right. And if you have the ability to do that more or less like you do an email without mentioning the name, obviously, but if you have the ability, why not do it? Yep. I love it. Uh, Adam's ad always says, Hey, pollen sufferer. It's great. It's uh, <laughs> Hey, sneezy just says sneezy. Yeah. Or Hey, bracket, first name, you know, close brackets, uh, yes. you know, and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, don't have the, don't have the uh, insertion quite right. Exactly. Oh, so CEO of Clinch, our guest this week on social pros, a fantastic new technology for scaling and personalizing uh, your ads in an omni-channel capacity, really awesome case studies and, and, uh, and examples. Oz, we're going to ask you the two questions we've asked everybody here on the show now dating back I don't know, nine years or something, multiple, multiple presidents ago. I should look, who was the president when this show started? I got to, not the Carter administration. <laughs> yeah. It might've been Carter. I think it, it might've been, uh, uh, Garfield. I think it was somebody, <laughs> James Garfield. Um, Oz, what one tip would you give somebody who's looking to become a social pro? Um, focus on data and e-commerce. Um, make sure that you use the crazy amount of data that social platforms can offer and use it correctly and focus on e-commerce because that's the future of social platforms. Yeah, I think it's a really good point, right? You know, there was a time where we thought that you know, maybe social wouldn't be as commerce oriented, but now that everybody's going DTC, right? Now, now that everything is buyable, uh, you don't have to go through the middleman. Uh, you know, it, it has real implications for retail, certainly. Uh, yeah, it's a, that's really good advice. Absolutely. Oz, last question uh, for you. If you could do a video call 
with any living person who would invite you. Maybe in your case, it'd be a hundred thousand simultaneous <laughs> calls yeah, <laughs> with a hundred thousand different people at the same time. It's incredible. And optimize, yeah. Yes, yes. Um, I think, to be honest, it will be Robert Kahn, you know, uh, considered the inventor of the internet. Yeah. Uh, and I'll tell you why. First of all, you know, the guy's like 80 years old, more or less right now. And I would love to hear what he thinks and have a conversation about when they started and thought about what the internet is going to be and the purposes and everything and where, what he sees now. Uh, if he even has like an Instagram and then sees what the, <laughs> right. all, the all the craziness behind the, you know, the, the crazy platform that they built for probably different reasons. Like, bro, look what you made. <laughs> yeah. And what do you think about it and have a, a, an honest conversation about it? That'll be, that'll be amazing. Yeah, that's like talking to Oppenheimer post-World War II, right? Like, hey, bro, <laughs> yeah. great idea. However, we've had some complications. Yes. <laughs> like, yeah. Look what has happened. Uh, <laughs> thanks so much for being on the show. It's been a blast. Uh, really appreciate you taking the time. Congratulations on all the, the success at Clinch. And uh, we'll keep uh, following along as well. You get some more case studies, send them over to us. We'll talk about them on the show. Thank you very much. I appreciate your time and having me. Thank you. Yeah, we'll do it. Uh, that's man. What a great show. That's the kind of stuff we're bringing you here on social pros. Uh, Adam and I trying to keep you guys at the, at the cutting edge of what's happening out there. Uh, we've had a lot of good guests in the last few weeks. Adam, it's been, it's been a good run. It, it has been. And I love the fact that we've got so many, um, guests like Oz that really talk about the technical side of, of what we have to do in our trade and our craft, as well as the, the creative. And, and then, you know, some that kind of meet here in the middle. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, we'll be back next week with another fantastic guest. Don't forget uh, all the stuff that Oz cited links to uh, some of the case studies are at socialpros.com. And not just this episode, all the episodes since the very, very beginning at socialpros.com. If you haven't had a chance to leave us a rating or a review on iTunes or Google or uh, Spotify, now we're getting a lot more plays on Spotify. Uh, anywhere you get your podcast, that'd be great. If you like the show, even if you don't like the show, let us know what you think. That'd be super fantastic. Uh, until next week, I am Jay Bayer from Convincing Convert. He is Adam Brown from Sales Force Marketing Cloud. And this has been Social Pros. Social Pros.